Welcome to the Radio Bible Course. Has God Revealed Himself? That's our subject today here on the Radio Bible Course, and we welcome you to our study. What does revelation mean? Revelation refers to that which God has made known to man, and without which we would know almost nothing about our Creator. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament that God has revealed himself. Psalm 19 is a classic expression of this, but it talks about natural revelation. It says the heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day-to-day pours forth speech, and night-to-night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, where their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes forth like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy, Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. In this psalm, David first talks about natural revelation, and he tells us it's in the heavens. Anyone looking up into the heavens at night will marvel at what he sees there, and he can marvel at what he cannot see, but which our telescopes have shown us. There is so much up there that it is breathtaking. God has revealed his handiwork and his presence by what he has created in the universe. We see it with our naked eyes perhaps only 2,500 stars. We can see the sun and the moon, but there is much, much more out there. David said, What creation we can see speaks. It's the word of God about himself and his creation. If natural creation was all that we had, we wouldn't know enough about God to be able to live as God wants us to live or to be able to obey him. It was therefore incumbent upon God to reveal himself in a special way. He gave us a natural revelation, but Psalm 19 tells us he also gave us a special revelation. Since there is a God, we must be accountable to him. The Bible tells us about a judgment. Therefore, there must be a basis for judging men. Since there are rewards, there must be a standard by which men are measured for these blessings from the Creator. Now, how can God judge man or expect performance that is acceptable to his divine standard unless he first reveals what he wants of man? 
There must be some kind of communication, and communication involves not thoughts, but words. Information must be given by the Almighty to mortal men, and it must come in a sufficiently reliable form to leave man without excuse. Jesus spoke to this issue in John chapter 15, beginning with verse 22, when he said, If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. And in verse 24, If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sin. The very fact that God sent Jesus as the Word of God, meaning the expression of God to men, and that Jesus spoke the Word of God and worked the works of God, lays a great burden upon men. We must decide, is God giving us a revelation through Jesus Christ, and is it a special revelation? Jesus believed it was. He spoke for God to men, so that men would know what God expected of them. This communication, this expression of his holy will is called revelation, and the result of it is our Bible, the Word of God. It is holy and good. It's complete, accurate, immutable, historic, eternal, and inspired. Repeatedly, the Bible tells us Quote, the word of the Lord endures forever. Jesus added to that when he said, Not one jot or tittle will fail from the law until all be fulfilled. God has chosen to reveal himself through men. We call them prophets. They spoke for God. They received from God, and they uttered God's word. The result was a written revelation, for those prophets also wrote what God had breathed into them. Now, inspiration, in contrast to revelation, deals with how the revelation came to us. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. When the Bible tells us that all Scripture is inspired by God, the words inspired by God comes from one Greek word, which means God-breathed. It tells us that Scripture was breathed by God into man. And because it came from God, it is profitable for every possible use. God gave us the word so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This passage then tells us that God had man in mind when he inspired the word. He wanted men to be like himself. We, being made in the image of God, could in no way ever be like God without some instruction from God. So he has breathed his word into prophets and apostles, so that word could come to us, so that we could be taught and corrected, reproved, and trained in righteousness. 
God's word leads to righteousness. Now, we're talking here about God breathing into men so that the result would be a written record, not simply something oral. And if written, that means words were used. God used frail men, using the prophet's background, his vocabulary, and style of writing to give us the 66 inspired books in our Bibles. These came by inspiration. That means that the Spirit selected and guarded the writers in the choice of the words they used, so that the words written by Peter, Paul, and John are the very words in their vocabularies that God desired to be used to convey his truth to man. The Apostle Peter helps us to understand the inspiration process by what he wrote in his second epistle. At the end of chapter 1, he writes, First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of the Scripture, that refers to the holy writings, that no prophecy of the Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by the impulse of man, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke for God. This means that Peter didn't decide to write, nor did Paul get agitated about a problem and then write to the Corinthians about it. That would have been by impulse of man. It says they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave the impulse for these writings selected the words for the writings in their vocabularies and guarded their writings so that they could say only what God wanted communicated to his people. You see, God is specific about what he wants. He has given careful instructions about how we should live. In the Old Testament, he gave a law and he spelled out all the details of it. He left nothing to choice among the people. God's word is not up for grabs. God has spoken, and we know what it is. Peter wrote that men of old were moved by the Holy Spirit and spoke from God. That word moved means to be carried along. They were carried along as a sailboat is carried along by a wind, and when the wind stops, the boat stops. The Holy Spirit moved upon these men to cause them to utter and to write the Word of God and nothing else. And when the Holy Spirit stopped, they stopped writing. Those men who gave us the books of our Bible are called prophets because they received the Word from God and spoke for God. The prophet was one through whom God spoke. He did it under the control of God's Spirit, so that the very words uttered were nothing less than God's own words. We have an example of that, or evidence of that, from Second Samuel chapter 23, verses 1 and 2. This is David speaking. Now these are the last words of David, the oracle of David, the son of Jesse, the oracle of the man who was raised on high, anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is upon my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. That's Second Samuel chapter 23, 
the opening verses. David believed that the Spirit of the Lord was speaking by him and that God's word was on his tongue. When David spoke for God as a prophet, he said, The God of Israel has spoken. That's the kind of an inspiration that we believe in. We should expect that God would speak to man. He spoke in the beginning days of creation, and he made all things by his word. So why shouldn't he make man to be what he wants him to be by his word? In Psalm 33, we read, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The result was the universe. God made it by his word. His word is powerful, and this is why the gospel changes men. If you joined a church because you thought it would help you to get to heaven, we have something you need to read. And if you have received baptism in order to make you more acceptable to God, or if you have thought that doing good things for people will ensure entrance into heaven, then we know you will benefit from our booklet entitled Heaven's Password. It's a free booklet. Heaven's Password will tell you what God's standard is for entrance into His heaven. Write today for Heaven's Password. It's free. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.